Good morning. Welcome to another edition of Meet Me at Mutual. I'm your host, Daniel Shopdaw at C70. You got over there, Ellen Medlock, A Medlock One, on the Twitter X thing. Um, it is finally the end of the 2023 season. Ellen, I know your weather, like mine, kind of slammed into fall in the last couple of days, and it's like yeah. it kind of finally realized the baseball games weren't playing. So uh, let's let's bring the cooler weather. It's it's been nice. Um, it's been a little bit different though, to, to have this time of transition, uh, without any Cardinal baseball. Yeah. It, what a weird week though. We, uh, you know, started a little bit warm, ended cold. I mean, I woke up with a three in front of the temperature. If that's <laughs> not anything, it was 38 degrees when I was up and around and, uh, kind of slammed in because we had an 80 this week, <laughs> yep. that tells yep. you anything, several eighties this week. Mm-hmm. Um, Yeah. The uh, it's it's kind of odd to not have Cardinals baseball. It was kind kind of came to a merciful end, and uh, and and what what was probably the highlight of the season in that last weekend. It was it was fun to watch. Um, I I've got to point something out that has had, that kind of has driven me nuts this week. Um, I love the playoff format. I know that you and I maybe not necessarily agree with the amount of teams and stuff like that, but I do love the the series. They took a black eye this week. Uh, by all ending early, meaning you had the two days off. And I understand that some of this is off for television or whatnot, but today will be fun with everything starting at noon, but it's tough not to have a Friday night playoff game in October. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you're right. I mean, they, that is the, the nature of scheduling because you know, with that short series, sure. you know, if some, if, and I'm sure, you know, baseball doesn't expect all four of those to go short, but maybe, you know, I mean, and they probably won't very often, but as you let in weaker teams, although, you know, to be fair, Milwaukee was one of those teams they were going to get in no matter what the, the, <laughs> yeah, well, you're right. They were one of the ones I was going to talk about here in a second, but go yeah. ahead. But I mean, as you do that, I mean, in theory, you're going to run those risks of, you know, the really good teams being able to beat those teams. Sure. Now, baseball's baseball, and, you know, you could put the Pirates in the playoffs, you know, just just drop them in, and they might win a series or something just because the way baseball goes. But, um, but yeah, you wonder, you know, if this happens two or three times in a row or two or three times in a five-year period, you wonder if baseball will – see what they can do to adjust that. Maybe it is starting a series off, you know, like they used to do, starting one series on one day and starting the other series on the next day. Um, I I don't know, but it feels like they definitely don't want, you know, a dead dead day at all if they can help it, but definitely not two days in a row. Well, in something – this weekend so big in Oklahoma with Oklahoma, Texas going on that mm-hmm. I don't know mm-hmm. if any sporting event is going to trump that. You know, don't right. get me wrong. 
But I will tell you, I mean, it, the, the fact that, you know, the division series starts today at noon is, is way down the list on what's going on here. Now, mm-hmm. this obviously isn't the best test market for those things. But, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, it, while I'm excited and while during halftime of the OU game, I'm going to turn it over to, the, to the, uh, the Baltimore game. I mean, that's – but I'm a baseball guy. Um, yeah, I, I'm not so certain. I think they will have to mess the adjust with the scheduling a little bit. I mean, the, uh, some of these games on Saturday afternoon are going to get buried just because it's football season. Yeah. I mean, that is the problem. That's the problem baseball has right yeah. now more than anything is that, you know, once they, I mean, even September baseball can sometimes be overshadowed by college and pro football. Um, but definitely when you get into the, the postseason, um, you you do run in against that and you know maybe the world series could compete against you know a regular saturday football game or whatever um but there's also a reason that the that, that, that they've started scheduling the world series so they have an off day on the weekend right because they're having problems competing there uh, sure. but when you get the early early rounds of the playoffs you know unless you're following one of those teams or if you're just an absolute baseball person you're probably not watching that, you know, and if you're looking at, you know, viewing patterns, they're watching, you know, the, the Oklahoma, Texas, or they're watching yeah. whatever their, their college football team or their pro football team. And, you know, baseball's just going to have to deal with that. And I don't know that there's a, I don't know that there's a good option for them. I just think that that's just the way things are, unfortunately now. Yeah. Agreed. One with a thousand percent. And it, uh, it, it takes me back to the, uh, I mean, this, this says it all. There's always been the uh, the handshake agreement by the by Major League Baseball and the NFL because their off days in the division series or they they used to be Sundays if you remember mm-hmm. yeah and I, I think they've gotten away from that a little bit but you know they've also you know they just refused to put any of the major major baseball games during the day as well you know the last day World Series game was in '86 yeah '87 wow. it was '87 mm-hmm. and it was Cardinals Twins. Um, yeah. That was the last daytime World Series game. And, you know, there's times where I think, gosh, and experimenting with that would be massive just to see how it would work. But, right. you know, I think the ratings and, and advertising drive the train just too much for them to do that. But, but yeah, that, that, that was my only issue. I was like, and man, getting out of here. I mean, I, if it says anything to you, I remember watching the, uh, the Cardinals Phillies game one in my classroom last year. Mm-hmm. You know, and had the kids come in there and that it reminded me of, you know, being in high school and college and doing the exact same thing. But, you know, it's just a different world we live in. And, you know, we we know that it's <laughs> fueled by economic, <laughs> the economic oh, yeah. drive, honestly. So. Oh, absolutely. And yeah. I mean, it's hard to fault that. Right. I mean, well, yeah, there's, no, I mean, there's, a, there's definitely, okay. yeah, there's definitely going to overboard with that. I think that there's there's no doubt that major league baseball is squeezing every penny out of things that they need to. And, and that is, you know, a little bit more than they have to do, obviously, but you know, it's, it's not surprising that you're going to have, you know, I was listening to the talking about birds guys this week and they were talking about the playoff scheduling and stuff and how bad it, you know, have them all at night and all that kind of stuff. And I, I get, I get what they're saying, but you know, one, I always, you know, some of my, the best memories, I have of some of those Cardinal baseball is, you know, daytime games, right? I yeah. mean, there's, there's something about baseball in the, in the daytime in October. That's, that's special. And there's no doubt that, yes, it's, you know, a lot of people don't get to go cause they're at work, but 
most of those places are packed anyway. Tampa Bay yeah. being the exception. Um, so they find a way, right? People find a way, you know, and in St. Louis, you know, you know, places get shut down, but you know, there's just so many, you know, the, the sight of the green grass under the bright sun. I mean, it's just, it's just pretty awesome. Now, you know, obviously night games are, are great too. And, and there are a lot of those, but it's yeah, the, the mid markets are going to, are going to get shafted a little bit because of, of marketing and, and stuff like that. But I don't know. I, you know, when you get more of something, it becomes less valuable. And I think that's, that's part of, part of my issues with some of the, of the playoffs, but you know, it's, you know, it does make more money and it's, here to stay. I mean, it's not, I cannot imagine a time where baseball says, you know what? We've had too many players and teams in the playoffs. Let's yeah. back this up. That's, that's just not going to happen. Sure. Sure. And the, I think that, uh, um, some of the things that kind of hurt this year on a playoff run too, was that the only, uh, the only true division race was out West in the American yeah. league. And while it was really good, it was also being played at midnight, you mm-hmm. know, for most of the country. And I mean, I think that hurt it as well, as far as the, uh, the ratings in the series because the fan bases were fun. I mean, the, the games that uh, that I watched, like you know, Philly outclassed um, the Marlins they, because they're really good, and I think they're on a mission. But that crowd was nuts the entire time. You know, one of those type of situations. So you know, the interest is there in those part of the country, but it it it, it did it the what spurred over this whole conversation on to me is it's just like man, the Friday nights we had nothing. You know, and that mm-hmm. and that's that's tough in October. Yeah, I don't know. I remember, um, you know, a couple times. I want to say it was by 25th reunion, uh, being at the high school football game, just watching, you know, Dodgers Cardinals, you know, yeah. keeping up with it on on game yeah. day and stuff like that. But, uh, but you know, that is the there's conflict there too, right? I mean, yeah. especially in these small in towns around us, you know, high school football yeah. is is the big thing. So. Um, I don't know. Um, I just know that the baseball postseason is better when the Cardinals are in it. Yep. And the Cardinals are not there. In fact, what did you see that? I guess you saw that set too. Well, it's been 30 something years since neither you know, a postseason <laughs> didn't have the Braves or the the Yankees, Red Sox, or Cardinals. Yeah. Uh, this is this is a different one for sure. I mean, there are some, I wouldn't say new faces because a lot of these teams have been in as of recently, but there's not any, say, maybe the Dodgers, I guess, you know, just legendary teams in this postseason. Yeah, the uh, yeah, you're right. I mean, it's it's funny. The uh, I feel like this is kind of exciting. That's why I'm looking forward to today. The youth movement in Baltimore has kind of trumped a lot of the things. You know, mm-hmm. you have uh, Baltimore and Atlanta seem like the two teams that would be on paper the 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 uh, the two teams that can meet in in, in October in the juggernaut of of the Dodgers and the reigning and the defending champs, the Astros are kind of on the back burner on this a little bit. So it's just an odd season altogether. You know, you you miss on the uh, you know, of course, the Yankees, Red Sox, Cardinals, but uh, you know, there's a lot of not a lot of familiarity in the playoffs this year, which, which makes it fun. Yeah, I mean, that definitely seems to me. Even though the, I think the consensus is the Braves. You just, I mean, one, you never know, and two, there's a lot of a lot of baseball until you get to that point. So um, yeah, it's interesting that you know you get the Yankee, uh, the Rangers, and the Orioles mashing up and it's the you know the tale of two trades to some yeah. degree right you got J- jordan montgomery who did so well for the tr- rangers in the first round versus jack flaherty who i haven't seen a roster i don't know that he makes the postseason roster and if he does he's probably not in the rotation oh yeah yeah without a doubt and i'm not certain on that either it's uh 
Um, yeah, that's a great point. I mean, it, it's it's th- those these are the things that we knew could possibly sting after the trades. And Montgomery pitching them in the playoffs was one of them. You know, and you're just like, man, you know, we like we loved him last year. We was hoping there was an extension of some sort, yeah, some sort of talk in the off season. And now that feels like that's just uh, that just like you and I talked about the the reunions are so few and far between. You just don't see that happening. But yeah, it, it's just one of those you're just thinking, well, you know, it, it it's just a tough pill to swallow. Ultimately, when you see him just go out and deal and meet a dang good Tampa Bay team. Yeah, but that 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 is really tempered by the fact that Roby and Sagacy look like the the yeah, steals of the true. deal, right? It's true. It, but you know, like I said, we're still and then I'm. This is going to sound like I'm contradicting what you're saying, and I'm definitely not. <laughs> but it's well, what I'm saying is we heard the same thing about Libertor. Fair, as, uh, yeah, as Rosa Reina is dominating. You know what I mean? So, right, right. Yeah. That is that is fair. I mean, we don't. I mean, we have just seen good returns from them early on. Yeah, um, which helps. Um, but you're right. Until they get to the major leagues and produce. Now, you know the the flip side of that is we didn't trade away a long term asset for those guys yeah, yes, either, which true, is what Rosarito was. But um, and and maybe this is a good place to transition um, to what we want to talk about some more. You know, in the article that Derek Gold wrote, which we're going to talk, reference a lot, so if you haven't read it, you probably should go read it. Um, you know, when he's talking about the pitchers that the Cardinals are targeting, one, it seems like almost anybody with a pulse. But two, you know, he does he does point out that the club has not closed the door on a reunion with Jordan Montgomery, which I thought was a little bit interesting just because of, as you said, we, we thought there would be an extension. They never seemed to have much interest in that. Montgomery had had at least in the media said, Hey, he was open to that, but it just sounded like they focused, they either focused on Michaelis for one reason or another, and just didn't, didn't engage with Jordan Montgomery. So you kind of felt like, okay, maybe there's, maybe there's something there. Maybe there's just a, uh, you know, some sort of fit they don't like, but as well as he pitched this year, um, you know, it's interesting. I guess that's not, I mean, I guess that's what I'm saying is, you really don't know why they didn't extend him. Um, it may be a good thing they didn't. I mean, if they go out and sign him, although it's going to cost him money, at least they'd have him and the the trade pieces. Yeah. But um, I did think it was interesting that that's not, I don't know how high it is on the list of possibilities, but at least it's on there. Sure. Sure. Yeah. And like, you know, we're on record of saying this quite a bit, or at least I am. Uh, yeah. Not only that I want the extension, I wanted them to keep him, even if it hurt. Right. You know, at the deadline to be like, okay, well, at least you have one of them in house right now. But you know, you're right. I mean, you you flip it and you have, you know, you have some, uh, you have those pieces that came back with it. And uh, you know, as much as as odd as it would be, I would love for them to bring Montgomery back. I mean, I really liked it when he came over, and uh, I think that would be a perfect fit. Um, you know, you need that the lefty, and and he has a little bit of Lance Lynn in him, I think. You know, on the on the yeah. competitive side, like that, uh, like 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 that. So that's a move that I would like to see make. I'm just always hesitant on those, and especially now, you know, he makes a big playoff run, and I mean, he may be number three or four on the pecking order of, of potential starters that could be available. Mm-hmm. And some would argue that he may be ahead of Nola, honestly. Yeah, I mean, it's an argument may be made. I don't know how often people would make it, but. Yeah, um, you know, some, some, and there's no, there's no doubt that some of, you know, that, you know, pecking order, as you were saying, is perception, right? I mean, yeah. 
you know, he may be better than Nola, but because of Nola's background and track record and stuff like that, you know, on a bigger, maybe on a more public stage, um, that might have people thinking that. And we've, you know, we've kind of been conditioned already, right, to think that Nola and Snell are the top people. Yeah. And again, they very well may be. I'm not looking at numbers and stuff like that, but you're right. Montgomery may be as comparable to some of them as they want. Now, yeah, and he's not going to command quite as much money. He's going to get a lot. There's no doubt about it, especially with the, any – if he has a deep postseason run and it pitches like he did in the first round, then that's going to add to that. Um, so – and, you know, he's also going to say, hey, I know the Cardinals organization, but I also know that, you know, they didn't they didn't engage with me when they had a chance to, so – you know, I don't think he's going to necessarily cut them any favors if that if yeah. that regard. If, if they're going to get him, they're going to have to probably outbid him. And, and that's, you know, we'll see. I mean, because I do think, and we go into this article, the girl Derek Gold wrote, you know, they are at least in all indications and all signaling going to be significant players in the free agent market um, to the point that it's, it's definitely about quality. It's about quantity too, because they need about three of them. But they're not just going to go out and get you know five middle pitchers and see if somebody develops. They're going to go out and at least pay for a track record. Yeah, 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 yeah. The uh, it, that that article is the one to me that that uh, it, we knew the names. We've talked about them for two and a half months now. Mm-hmm. The ones that are going to be out there, and and that we think they're they make a play and probably should make a play on. But when you have someone who is hesitant to throw names like that out there without any true links, make the article write that yesterday in Gould and put names with faces and all that good stuff. It did make me think that hey, this could be one of those where they're going to abandon you know past uh, their uh, you know abandon the way that they've done business in the past and uh, make a move on several names to see who can they bring in. Just and you you call it out before the show. You not only the three arms they think they need to fill into the rotation, but they're going to beef up the bullpen as well. Um, you know, and then in you know trades are going to be a big factor in that. And, and uh, who are we going to see, and who who are we going to see move out? Those things are going to be big. But it does it does seem like they're rallying the troops to make a big move this year. Yeah, and I you know, and I think we've probably touched on this last week. It's hard to know where I've talked about stuff, but um, you know, this is a situation where I feel like they're going to spend money maybe a trade too. it kind of, and I want to get, well, I'll talk about trades in here a little bit, but, um, but they're definitely going to spend some money because they don't have this kind of pitching in the minor leagues. And hopefully at the end of a, you know, whatever these contracts are four or five years, um, they're going to have a lot more of that young swing and miss controllable pitching that they can then, you know, they don't have to continue this process. This is like a patch job that they're making as they start transitioning into a different kind of minor league system, or at least a different kind of minor league focus. Um, and so I think it's possible that, you know, you get that argument. Maybe that argument works with build a bit. I mean, I think the biggest argument is, Hey, we just finished last place, yeah. but um, you know, maybe it's the idea of, okay, we're going to put this money out now, but you know, in a few years, Hopefully, we're going to get similar production at a fraction of the cost. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's uh well, and you know, it, they needed the farm system rebuild. We knew that mm -hmm. we need that. Uh, not that it was in it, in a, in a terrible state, but right. you needed to beef up those, the, the list. And, and, you know, and I'm looking at their, uh, um, you know, your, your top 30 list right now. And, uh, let's see here. The, uh, one, two, three, four, you know, two of their top five, three of their top 10, four of their top 10, five of their top 10 weren't with the organization last year. Mm -hmm. You know, if that tells you, if that tells you anything about the, how now they, they needed top level prospects and one of which is Mason Wynn, who's, who's up and will be their opening day shortstop next year. Right. So yeah, they needed to go get those guys. I mean, so ultimately in the outlier season that we think that, uh, was terrible and is just going to be the one year they did a good job of, of re revamping the top level of the uh, minor league system. So, you know, you can flip this and Mo can look re look like a genius if they do this well, but then it comes with the, uh, the danger of, uh, you know, health history and, and what happens with the rotation pieces that they bring in. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a dangerous thing. I mean, we saw that, you know, you know, you and I were talking earlier about, you know, you were never a, a big proponent of a Carlos Rondon who, you know, we worked, we talked about last year, the Cardinals could have gone and hadn't, there was an argument to be made that they should have gone and gotten, but you know, if they had, he would have been probably assuming this, assuming everything is the same would have been hurt. And that's, that is the risk you run with these pitchers. In fact, there's a good chance that, you know, I don't, I don't, I, I would say, there's a good chance no matter who you sign this year, if you sign them to a five-year deal, you're going to miss, a yeah. you know, at least maybe yeah. a year total out of that contract because that's just the way pitching is. Um, I, I do feel like maybe, I mean, I don't follow this as quite as closely as I should probably, but it feels to me that Nola's been pretty um, durable. I, I don't remember him being out for any significant injuries. Am I, am I missing something? Let me look on his page. I don't uh, – seems like the the, the normal – you know, the, uh, yeah, let's see, you know, I mean, he's had 30 starts the last one, two, three years. He had 12 and 20, which that doesn't mean much. I don't right, know. What right, that's, that's pretty much a full, that's pretty much full year on that year. Yeah. The, uh, 15 and 15, he, when he came up, he had 13, 20, 27, 33, 34, 12, 32, 33, 32, yeah. 32. So pretty 32. much. Yeah. So pretty dang durable. Yeah, which is good. Although then you you know then the flip side of that is of course somebody's going to say, well, yeah, it's too, yeah, right? you know, yeah, yeah, you know. Um, if I'm not mistaken, it, he is a Tommy John. Um, he's already had a Tommy John, I believe. Oh, did he? I, like I, I maybe wrong about that, but I thought he did. May it may have even been at Louisiana State. Mm. I'm trying to look for it. Okay. Um. But yeah, that's, uh, I, I mean, that's the interesting. And I think, you know, obviously J John Moselock said earlier this year, referring to Tyler O'Neill, most likely, most totably that um, health is an ability <laughs> to some degree. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and maybe that's true. Maybe it's not. I mean, I feel like there are genetics and, you know, training and things that you can do to be more durable. Doesn't mean that you're going to avoid injury. Obviously there's always going to be some, um, but I mean, you look at, you know, Adam Wainwright, he missed years, right. But he also pitched till he's 42. So, um, you look at the Verlanders and stuff like that, that are here forever. Um, so these, these kind of guys are possible. And, and I don't know, Aaron Nola to me just kind of feels like a guy that would work in St. Louis. 
Um, I don't know why I can't say there's any particular reason, but it just, I don't know if maybe because he's not super flashy or, you know, super dominant. I mean, he's very obviously top of the top pitcher, but I don't know. For some reason, he just kind of puts off a little bit of a St. Louis vibe to me. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. The, uh, yeah. And I was wrong on the Tommy John for some reason. I thought he had had one in college or was, you know, had had moved past it. So, you know, potential taking time on, I don't know. You know, one of those type deals, but I don't, I don't know if that should be a factor either. Uh, as a matter of fact, I don't think it should be a factor. Uh, yeah. But yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, I do feel like Nola and Gray are the two that that make the most sense, and I think it, it's just perception. Period. I don't have any mm-hmm. any theory behind it. I don't know. I almost felt like Gray should have been a Cardinal, and that you know, when he was traded a couple times after Oakland, you know, type situation. Yeah. So, so yeah, the two of them make a lot of sense to me. Yeah, it, and the other names involved here, of course, uh, Gould also mentioned Snell, Yamoto. Uh, he also mentioned a closer, Yuki Matsui, which I have not, that's not a name I had heard before this. Um, it's also interesting, he did not mention, what, Imagama or Ishigama, whatever the other Japanese pitcher coming over. That doesn't mean the Cardinals aren't involved. I think we've seen other things, but it's just a little bit interesting that he didn't, he didn't mention that one, but he did mention Yam, Yamamoto. Um, and then there was some discussion maybe about if the Grays are interested that they would talk about Tyler Glasnow. Um, you know, there's just a lot of names in this thing. And then of course he, he references a uh, cease, but, um, you know, that's if the White Sox shop him, they might be a bubble. I think the most thing, the most interesting thing though, out of this, I mean, there's a lot of good stuff in this, in this article, obviously. But the most interesting thing is the Cardinals want to, how did he phrase it? Um, you know, basically they want to offer, they want to be offering people. It sounds like, you know, day one, they want to be dropping offers on people. They want to be out there one before the market really settles, which could be good, could be bad. I mean, you could run the, you do run the risk of overpaying on a market that doesn't develop the way you think it does. But I think also, if they sign Sonny Gray or Aaron Nola or somebody of that elk in the first, you know, before the GM meetings or, you know, right after them, you know, very early in November, that changes the tone of, I would hope it would. Let's, I don't know because the fan base is the fan base, but I think it changes the tone of how people approach this winter because right now there's a lot of, justifiable skepticism in the, in places that I you know read and hear and all this, that the Cardinals are actually going to do anything different than they ever do. That there's a lot of idea that they're going to just, you know, Sonny Gray may be the top that they do. And they may not even do that. And they're going to just kind of play in that mid market and hope somebody develops. And I don't really believe that, but I think if they go out and get somebody early, that argument becomes a lot harder to sustain. Yeah, sure, 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 sure. You you kind of smooth that out right away, you know, and you and you uh, strike early in the market. Um, yeah, you're right. I mean, that I think a lot of this comes from uh, you know the skepticism that that they're just not willing to do what it takes to to push them over the top, and that they're willing just to be the Marlins and and sneak in and, and take your best shot. Uh, we would like to be the Marlins right now. You know what I'm saying? And that's just not the case. They were the last place team. So no, I think that I mean one. You've heard for years that they have the resources, and then you hear that, hey, look, their payroll's right here just along with everybody else, and 
you kind of see why from some uh, extensions and sunk extensions at some points where you go out and win the market one time. We've said this forever. Get out of your comfort zone mm-hmm. for a year and let's see what happens, you know? And, 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 and I'm, I think that this may be the situation where they have to do it. And that may, uh, that I may, I may believe that more just because of the lack of people that were attending the games. And that, that is going to be a, a driver. There's no doubt about it. I mean, I don't, I don't think the front office's sole consideration is how much money they can make. Um, but it is a significant, you know, it is a significant noting there. I mean, they want to win. I think that's more than you can say for some organizations. I mean, we've seen some that are very concerned about the bottom line and less concerned about winning. I think the Cardinals want to win and they want, they don't want to, you know, go crazy on stuff, but they do want to, they'll put out a, a good product. I mean, they haven't, I know that they're not paying everything, but they do have Goldschmidt and Arnado, and they have a fairly significant payroll for their market. Can they do more? I'm not saying they can't because I think they can, but I think they could do a lot less too. So I don't think that that's just completely bottom line, but it, you know, that's going to be noticeable. And, you know, they had a lot of season ticket sales this year because people thought it was going to be a good year. You know, I, it's got to be, you got to, especially in Missouri, right? You got to show them something for 2024 before they're going to put down that money. Now, there's a, there's a section, there's a lot of people in Cardinal Nation that they're going to buy their season tickets no matter because good or bad, they're going to be at the ballpark. Exactly. But, you know, there's a, you know, what, probably 20, 30% of that fam, of that, you know, with the way the costs are going up with everything without, you know, everybody's money is a lot less than it used to be, it feels like. Um, that you know they've got to kind of reevaluate that and they're like hey if if they're going to have another year like this i'm not i'll buy a ticket here and there or i'll buy those you know standing room only tickets or whatever i'm not going to renew my season tickets um but you go out and get a nola or something like that and at least stir some excitement about next year and give some idea that this is an aberration you're much more likely to keep those guys or those people in the fold. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I mean, that's, uh, and you wonder, and this is, this sound may sound really dumb, but, uh, is the fan base that's going to be there, uh, regardless, is that an aging fan base? Um, Does that get into something uh, that maybe we have no experience talking about? I mean, you know what I mean? I don't know. Oh, I I have plenty of experience in aging. (laughs) I I don't know what you're talking about. says it all. Uh, but um i i wonder yeah that's a fair point um i don't know that it's completely the case because i i see people on twitter that you know they're definitely younger than me um that are going to games like all the time and they're you know they're very focused and i mean i'm sure there's some of that i mean because there is i mean when you're younger especially if you're just kind of getting established in a career it may be where you, you you don't have that money you know or that money you have to be a little bit more cautious with it i don't think the dedication to the team is any less but you know buying the tickets yeah that they may not do that as much as a you know 50 year old guy that's kind of established and has that money you know kind of earmarked for every year um but you know that is a situation that the baseball has been trying to to adjust, right? To bring in the younger play people and to make them committed fans. Um, I think St. Louis is a little bit unique in the idea that, <clears throat> excuse me, I feel like 
that is such a family thing. Like yeah. your father was, your grandfather was, you know, you are, that's not everybody. Obviously there's a lot of people come to it, but I feel like it gets passed down a lot that I don't know if their younger demographic looks the same as a Seattle younger demographic. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, that I makes a lot of sense. I mean, that's, uh, and I think that's the Midwestern portion of that. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And I think that may have been the point you were trying to make, but yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I agree. And uh, yeah, yeah. To the bigger point, that may not be a, a a huge deal, but I do think that there is that, just like we had talked about, that element of hey, you know, status quo doesn't work anymore. This is what we're we're used to. Get out and strike, and and let's fill the seats with some big names. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, you know, how do you market this team for next year if you don't have a, a, a big name, right? I mean, you don't have Adam Wainwright retirement. You don't have Yadier Molina and Albert Pujols retirement. Um, you know, it's, I mean, you could probably focus it around Goldschmidt and Arenado, but heck, it's theoretically Goldschmidt's last year, right? But not yeah. in the same way that it's a Pujols or Molina last year. Um so I don't know, I don't know what your face of your off-season marketing is if you don't go out and get some new faces. I mean, maybe it's maybe it's Jordan Walker, Mason Wynn. Maybe you're saying, "Hey, come watch the new kids." Um, and I think there's there's value there, right? I mean, those guys are you know Jordan Walker was. I think it just speaks to how deep the rookie class was this year. That you know when I'm reading some stuff about you know votes for the. Um, rookie of the year, there's some ballots don't count him. Um, I think he should be there, you know, somewhere he's not gonna win it, but um, but you can you can understand. I mean, there's a lot of I mean, half half the reds are are possible, yeah. Um, so maybe that's how you do it, but I think, yeah, if you've got an Aaron Nola and you get that buzz, I mean, one, it's free publicity, right? You know, you're signing the stuff, people talking about it. Um, but you sign a Nola and then you sign a gray and you know, I'm, I'm almost coming around to the fact that if you can tell me what you think, I'm almost coming around to the fact that they might just sign three pitchers instead of signing two pitchers and making a trade. Yeah. Um, or they may sign if they make that, if they trade it's for a number three or a number four. Um, I mean, what do you think? Do you think that, because I know we kind of talked in the past that, hey, they're going to have to get rid of a Gorman or a Donovan to get one of those young, you know, and I don't think, just as an example, Logan Gilbert, I mean, that's just a name that gets tossed out a lot. Not that I'm talking about him per se, yeah. but, you know, it's that kind of guy, the guy that's young, that's uncontrolled, that they'll have for a while, and they'd have to give up a pretty significant piece to do that. I, you know, I thought that the way that that's what they were going to do, but, you know, that they would do a one on a, on the market and a two on a trade and then sign a lower one. But the more I think about it, I just don't know that I'm on that boat anymore. It, it, so it'll just be checkbook only type of situation. Either that or, or like a situation where they can get a, yeah. I mean, I still think they make some sort of trade because they've got some, some pieces that they've got. to. Oh, yeah, out, that, but... That's where I was going with it. I'm mean, honestly, that's 100% what I was going to say. I was like, that would surprise me. Um, what what you said at all? Because I feel like they they think they have the position players in place that that will make a move, other than maybe a little bit of, of outfield clutter. But in that same article, I feel like one of the biggest talking points in this off season 
is going to be who plays center field, and I think they already know who it's going to be. And with and I think that's Edmund. And the uh, that probably means that one of the outfielders is expendable. And that would be the only trade because those guys are going to bring in the, the, the guy that you just talked about, maybe the fringe line three or four, and that may be it. So you may be on to something on that. And I was skeptical that they would sign two frontline guys just because the way that they've done business and the comments that Moe's made before about it's it's never good to win the offseason. But, I mean, their back's against the wall now, and they're going to have to you know change the way they, they approach things. Yeah, the the problem with signing, you know, too many of those guys is they lose, you know, anybody that's got a qualifying record, a qualifying offer, they'll lose a draft pick for. They won't lose their first draft pick, but they'll lose later on. And being as high as they're drafting this year, that's a significant amount of you know potential talent and pool. So there's some, and then that's honestly an argument for them to, you know, reengage with Jordan Montgomery. Right? He doesn't have a qualifying offer because he's been traded. Um, Nola's going to. I think you know Gray's probably going to. So, are they? How much are they willing to lose there? I guess that's the, that's an interesting idea. Um, but yeah, I the more I think about it, and you're right, I, I'm a, I'm a little concerned that they are for Edmund in center field too, because you know we know Edmund can play defense, and he has you know, but he's a league average at best hitter, right? I mean, and you put him and a Mason Win that is still developing. I mean, there's two guys right there that are, you know, become a problem in the lineup. Um, you know, not that I'm suggesting they don't have Mason Wynn or anything like that, but um, so I don't, I'm afraid, you're probably right. Don't get me wrong. I think you're right that the, the fact that he keeps playing out there is significant, but I don't think that makes the team better. Sure, sure. And that uh, maybe answers. Maybe is the soft landing spot more than 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 the answer to the to the problem? Is that yeah? I mean, you know, you know what I'm saying yeah. by that? Yeah. yeah. That, hey, let's we have this in house. Let's do this instead of making a move. Not necessarily, you know, let's go play in the centerfield market or or move somebody to where he can still move all over the field. Because in that article, he said he's probably going to win the Gold Glove for the utility man this year. Right. right. And uh, you know, like, well, is is that where he's better? And I'm a huge Edmund fan. Don't get me wrong, mm-hmm. but. Uh, but yeah, you're right. I mean, and that, and I felt like you could see that early in the season when he was playing a lot because the broadcast clearly was echoing the front office by saying that, hey, this, you know, he can really yeah. play center field and they feel like he's their best defensive option out there. And, and I thought, well, this is kind of drawing a line to what that's going to look like next year because, you know, you have your, you have your middle infield set up. You know what Donovan's going to be. You know, you think you have a star in Gorman and then wins up playing every day. Uh, the lineup starts making itself out really quick when you do that. Yeah, and I think that. And let me let me be clear on this, dude. I have I just envisioned an outfield and a lineup and whatnot, and I did not have Tyler O'Neill in it. And I think you and I had talked about. I think he was the one in the crosshairs of the uh, the Marmol comment. It, it, that seems to be the most um, common uh, interpretation of, of of Marmol's comments about wanting winners in the clubhouse. Um, and it may be. I, it's hard to know who who else he might be referring to. Um, but like I said, <laughs> that I trade may tell us a, a, a lot. Yeah. Well, and I think the biggest thing is if Tyler O'Neill is if Tyler O'Neill is traded, that's one thing. But if Tyler O'Neill is for a guy that you know, I think he he's going to make six or seven million dollars probably next year anyway. If he gets non tendered, then I think that's the 
biggest sign, right? Because there's if you you keep Tyler O'Neill if you don't trade him. You know, I, I get that you want to trade him, but I don't think you can just non-tender a guy like yeah. Tyler O'Neill unless there's a situation where you just don't think it's going to work at all and you can't get anything for him, which I mean, given his health right now, his trade market can't be that high, right? So, but if they if they non-tender him, that's that's telling, especially in the for a Cardinals organization that does not like to get rid of people uh, yeah. or, you know, depth. That's part of the problem that they've got right now. So, um, yeah, I mean, because, I mean, I'm, I'm even to the point, you know, you know who I think about Dakota Hudson. Yeah. But I'm still, and I think there's a chance that they'll non-tender him, but I'm not 100% sure they will because that's getting rid of a pitcher and they've, you know, they know how much depth they have. Even though that, you know, if they go out and get their three starters that they think they're going to have, they have Miles and, and they have Mats, and there's your five, and then you've got Thompson and you've got, um, you know, Libertor. Um, you have you know, probably, you know, Roby's probably ready or at least a, an option second half of the year, maybe, yeah. um, you know, assuming everything develops the way it does. Um, I, I'm sure I'm missing some others. I just feel like Hudson's far enough down the list that you could probably cut him and not be a problem. You could cut him because he's not good. Um, but I also don't know that they will, especially as many, you know, as deep as they had to go into their stuff this year, I think they may have a little bit of being a little gun shy on, especially since he has an option year left, about non-tendering a guy like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know we've worried about that for the past couple couple of years. And, yeah. and you're right. I think it's the fact that he can just literally grab a ball and take a start and throw uh, probably saves him a little bit in the organization right now, depending on what they do. I mean, that's... Uh, um, they're backs against the wall, and that may be that may lead to some of the urgency of what uh, of the moves they're going to make and how quick they are going to jump out and try to get some of these things done. Mm-hmm. Then it answers some of those questions. But yeah, you're right. I mean, those are the two names that that first came to mind to me because I felt like Hudson and Marmol butted heads last year, and we clearly knew that O'Neill and uh, and Marmol did this season. So yeah, you're right. I mean, you may be onto something, but it, it's funny this. The way that it was worded, and the, the then just the fact that that as much of a fan of O'Neill I have been, he will play a week and be out three days all season long, you know, and it just gets old. And I'm like, I'm at this point, will he ever reach four or five more potential? Uh, possibly, but I'm willing to let that go just because of the uh, the uh, inability to be in the lineup. Yeah, I mean that's the problem. Is you know his best year is what three or four years back now, right? Yeah. Um, and between health and then just not necessarily been consistent when he has played, it becomes harder and harder to say that's, I mean, that is the kind of guy he can be, but that's, you don't think that's the guy to guy he's going to be going forward. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. Uh, it still to some degree feels like Tyler Neal's fresh and new and you know, that he's been here for what, five years or something yeah. like that, maybe, maybe more than that now. Um and, and it may just be that, and I, you know, again, it's so hard to know. I mean, that's the kind of guy that, yeah, you trade him off to Houston and he hits 40 homers and you're like, man, we gave up on something, but that just may not have happened in St. Louis. You know, they may have, it may just be a new organization, a fresh approach, you know, something like that. Obviously he's done it before in St. Louis, so it could, but sometimes, you know, it's best for both parties 
if they just go separate ways. I'm not, I don't know that that's where we're at now, but if they're going to commit to Tommy Edmond in center field, then, you know, yeah, Tyler O'Neill doesn't need to be here because he's not going to get to play. I mean, you got the DH spot, but, you know, it's him. Because you're assuming Newt Barr and Walker are going to be your your corners, right? Yeah. Um, so if Edmund is your center fielder, which again, not my choice, but you have O'Neill, you have Carlson, and you have Burleson. Which may be the biggest name in the group for the, in the yeah. Cardinals size to me. Right. Right. I mean, the car, you know, one of those, you've got three of those guys and it's going to be your fourth outfielder. And it's one of them's going to be a regular DH, although they want that, you know, option. I mean, at least one of those guys got to go, right? I mean, they yeah. just, there's just not room for them. Um, and so, you know, it may be if somebody wants to gamble on Tyler O'Neill that the Cardinals are willing to do that. But I, I don't know. The non-tender part's going to be very interesting. Um, I don't know. They do that like right before the the winter meetings, don't they? Because I think the Rule Five draft is at the very end of the, of yes, the winter last day. So I think they non the non tender stuff is like a week or so before that. So um, that's when they have to make the decision. Now, some of those guys, you know, you're Jacob Barnes, you're Casey Lawrence, you're you know those guys that they just brought up to fill the roster. A lot of those guys are going to get released here. I don't know. Maybe before that. I don't know if they can do it before the end of the month, but definitely as soon as the World Series is done, uh, those guys are gone um, to clear up some room. But you know, the the, the O'Neills and the Hudsons, they may it may be a bit before we find out about them. Yeah, sure. The uh, and it's it, it's one of those to where it, it, I just can't envision an outfield of uh, consisting of Carlson and Nola on the roster, or not Nola, Carlson and O'Neill on the <laughs> roster right now. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I mean, there's. I hope that wasn't a slip. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. Because those guys are locked in. Um, yeah. And you, and you know, again, you've got, you know, Victor Scott the second is probably going to play in Memphis next year. So he's going to be knocking on the door for the outfield here pretty soon. I mean, he's an obviously different type of player. And I don't know that he comes up, you know, I mean, Kyle will let me know, but I, I would be surprised if he's up by the, you know, maybe like August or September, maybe you're looking at a call up if depending on situations. I mean, I think he's still got some development to do, but he's a guy that's going to be very interesting. It feels like, um, so you start, yeah, you got to start clearing stuff out. And I, you know, it's just part of that different approach. I think it's also, I think it would also be telling that the Cardinals are going to do something different if they did come out and say, okay, we're, we're letting Dakota Hudson go, or we're letting Tyler O'Neill go or something like that. Even kind of early, it's like, Hey, we're not stockpiling anymore. We realize we've got to streamline some stuff um, and let these guys play. Um, or they're never going to develop. And that's, you know, that's been a, an issue as well. I think to some degree with, with Carlson and others is, you know, if you're not playing every day, it also becomes a little harder to develop. Yeah, very true. Very true. And that's, uh, you know, kind of leads me to the question about when, I mean, is he a shoe in to start shortstop next year? I mean, does, does a poor spring send him back to Memphis? I mean, I think it's a possibility. Um, it may also depend on, Hey, what, what are we doing? You know, with everything else, you know, if you've, 
if you've made a trade this off season that shipped out Nolan Gorman or Brendan Donovan, then win may be locked in, right? Yeah. Um, because you're going to have to move Edwin into, you'd have to move Edwin to short permanently, yeah. which you could do, but then that may have messed up your whole outfield. So I think that, you know, you may be able to tell, but I think with assuming there's depth, I think that he is the favorite, but yeah, there's a possibility that he goes back yeah. for a little while. I, I think we saw enough at the major league level um, that I think he'll start at the big league level, but yeah. it's not, it's not a guarantee. You're right. Yeah. And that's it. a lot of his, unfortunately, a lot of uh, his chances, I think there's not going to be a lot of pressure on him offensively, but there will be if other guys don't hit. You know what yeah. I mean? That's I think that would be the that may be more telling than anything. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, we've we've seen that in the past. If the but that's that's the kind of situation that um it's you know, he still starts a major opening day. It's just that, you know, maybe if he's not hitting by the end of April and the team is slow out of the gates, then he heads to Memphis at yeah. that point in time, you know. Um when we've seen that with Colton Wong and, and others that, you know, yeah, and Walker this year. Yeah. And sometimes you just get the, sometimes it's not about you. It's about everybody else. Yeah. Um, but, uh, hopefully that's not a, an issue. And, and, you know, again, I think wins going to be fine at the major league level. He's obviously, he was obviously fine at triple a and it just takes him a while to get adjusted. Um, so hopefully they're not too knee jerk, but that's an interesting question as well. Maybe is, how panicky do the Cardinals get next year, right? I mean, if they have another slow April, you know, this year in April, it was like, it's early and everything will be fine. If they have like, you know, if they're five and 10 after the first two weeks, you know, are they starting to be really concerned that they've messed it up again? Yeah. Yeah. Because honestly, I want to, I want to say, you know, they wouldn't be, they would just be patient. And, and, And my gut probably tells me that's more so, but, they buried themselves early this year and couldn't get out of it. Mm-hmm. You know what right. I mean? And then, and then realized they don't have the team that was capable to do it in the first place. Uh, so you, there may be a little bit of that. I mean, we may see some things out of the organization that starting, you know, starting in November that we haven't seen in a long time. Yeah, I think, I think we will. I think this is going to be uh, really hard to predict. This is not a situation where they make one move and they quit. It's not a situation where they wait till, January or February to make their only move of the year. They're, you know, this is all going to be different. I mean, if they make, if they, if they sign the three pitchers, I think that's like the biggest off season they've had in three or four years, isn't it? Oh, I would think, yeah. I mean, I can't, gosh, when was, I mean, last year, you know, we talked about it last year. Contreras to the Cardinals seemed like it was, it, it was one of those that uh, they could talk themselves out of it do the draft for the draft pick situation, but it almost seemed like it was destined to happen, kind of like the Fowler deal. Mm-hmm. Um, name the last big free agent they signed that was a everyday piece to their lineup. I mean, I don't know if I can right away. I mean, yeah, Dexter Fowler, um, which we know how that went. Yeah. I mean, other than that, I mean, do you go back to, because technically Matt Holiday was, because he you know, went, back, went on the free yeah. agent market. Um. Yeah. 
I mean, obviously, you know, Goldschmidt and Arnauto are trades, so, um, and they've had so many other pieces there for a long time that they've either developed or, or whatever. Um, yeah, unless you're getting into the, the pitchers. Um, yeah, you, you're probably looking at Fowler, I guess. So, um, so yeah, it's been, and that was what all after the 16 season. So that's coming up on eight years. You sure. Know? So, um, yeah, uh, it's a, a long time, long time. So yeah, I think we're going to see some stuff. You're right. That's, that's different. So, um, well, to this, we've gotten, gotten going. We had some ideas for the show and we're not going to get to them this time. Cause we've already gone about an hour, but before we wrap it up, I think we do want to talk about that last weekend. We talked a little bit last show about Adam Wainwright getting his pinch hit in the Friday blowout. Um, but the whole celebration of Adam Wainwright on Saturday and Sunday, it was, was pretty incredible. I think to some degree, I, I don't know that another, of course you don't have these kind of players very often. So it's hard to know, but I don't know of another organization that would have been quite as, as embraced him as much as that did. And, you know, it's a, it's a rare player. It's a rare, it's a rare situation, but it was, it was a lot of fun that last couple of days. Yeah. You know, and it's, we say this all the time, whatever they do, and we don't necessarily see the, uh, the flip side of other teams, but, even in a season that uh, you can disagree with just about any move the Cardinals make, they always do these things right. Right. You know, and it was, and it was pretty touching. And, uh, and I thought it was well done on Sunday and uh, actually well done on, on a weekend. And, and like I said, in the beginning of the show, it was the highlight of the season and what, and what, what was a pretty big highlight for a pretty bad season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, when you look back at this year, it's going to be, Adam Wainwright. It's going to be the 200th. It's going to be <laughs> singing at the beginning and singing at the end. Um, it's going to be him hat hitting. Um, you know, it's probably also going to be a little bit of the struggles that he had in between. But, you know, that's probably about the only thing you're going to take out of this year. Well, the you know, the debuts of Walker and Wynn, I guess, maybe the other things. But, um, so yeah, it was it was pretty incredible. I It was very interesting that he didn't realize that Yachty was there. Um, I couldn't, I, I mean, I can't, I mean, I could not imagine Yadier Molina not being there for that. Right. I mean, that just was like, I mean, of course he's going to be there, but obviously they kept a pretty good secret on him because he, he almost broke down completely when he, when he saw Yadi. Yeah. The, uh, uh, I thought the same thing and you know what? It, yeah, it, it, it was cool. I mean, that, that's, I thought that it was a shoe in as well. So it was, uh, yeah, to keep it under wraps for so long. That I thought that was pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Good gifts, I thought. Um, very personal gifts, um, including the dog, which is um moving into the cardinal animal pantheon, right? Yeah. Um, you know, along with Torty Craig and maybe the rally squirrel, and now we've got Louis Lane, <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, got our own menagerie here going. Um but yeah, it was uh it was incredible. Uh, it is going to be so different, different, not having Adam Wainwright on the field. I don't, you know, we obviously haven't seen the last of Adam Wainwright. He's already said that he would be willing to do some Valley sports games next year. Um, I don't know. Uh, you know, he's doing the playoff games. Um, maybe, maybe Miss Wainwright isn't quite going to have him locked down. Like that. maybe she thought he, she would, but yeah, uh, 
but he's going to be around a lot more. Sure. And you know what? I It wouldn't surprise me within a year or so if we're seeing him do a lot of games. Yeah. Year broadcast wise. Yeah. I, yeah. And I don't even necessarily know if that's Midwest. Yeah. I mean, he may get some chances, but I, I don't know. I mean, it's going to be interesting. It's because, you know, he does have, he's, you know, his, what his oldest daughter's, almost about to graduate high school. I feel like, cause he said something about her being on the stage in 06. So she's, you know, probably uh, was young then. Um, she's, she's getting that age. Right. I mean, and he's got three other girls. He's got young boy that he adopted. That's five or six now. Maybe I can't remember. He's got a lot of stuff, family stuff, and he is a family guy. So I, I wonder about like national, I would say, okay, he could do national games, but he's traveling all the time. Right. Yeah. At least if he does, Valley sports, you know, he could say, Hey, we're going to be in, you know, I'm sure he's got a, you know, he's got his house in St. Louis too. I'm sure. sure. And, uh, you know, he's like, Hey, we're going to come up, we're going to be there for a month. I'll do games for this period of time, you know, or something like that. Um, and still be able to have the time with the family instead of trying to run around the, you know, he'll do home games in that space yeah. instead of, you know, not necessarily going around. So I don't know. I, I, I think that, you know, it's a, it's a new chapter for him. Uh, you are, I think much more of a country music person than I am. So what did you think of the, of the concert? Well, I mean, the only one that I I saw one song, it was good. And uh, yeah, I mean, I'm just more impressed with the, well, sometimes I just want can't pro athletes do. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean by that? Yeah. It's like, man, you know, can I get a little bit of that talent in some way? <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. 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 It's uh it's, it's pretty incredible, you know, what, uh, to be able to, and I mean, just, and it's Wainwright's personality, right. To be able to go, I mean, it's one thing to be able to be a singer, but to be able then to go have a concert, you know, standing out there on Freeze's lawn, uh, with all these people, um, you know, and just soaking it all up. Uh, it's, uh, it's not something I can't imagine we'd ever see, uh, you know, Paul Goldschmidt out there to be something like that. Um, it was funny. I was watching before we started the show. I was pulling up. They Cardinals put the whole concert up on YouTube. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And including some behind, you know, like him getting, you know, under the stadium, getting ready to go and stuff like that. And I didn't realize cause I didn't watch it live or maybe everybody else did, but, um, Chris Carpenter's there with him. <laughs> he asked Chris Carpenter if he's going to sing with him. And he said, Nope, I'm just going to ride in the truck. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, you, know, you know, that's just, uh, but you know, the Im- impression, you know, you heard the speeches that they, those players gave about Adam Wainwright and the impression that he's made as a person. I think that's really why you saw the celebration this weekend. I mean, yes, it was 18 years, uh, you know, in the same spot and you know, that doesn't happen. But the person that he is made everybody want to celebrate him, I think is what it really gets down to. Yeah, that was, uh, yeah, it was, it was a, uh, just about the perfect tribute, you know, yeah. and that's, uh, I, I, it was a, it, it was different from last year just because you felt like you probably wouldn't see those two around the ballpark as much. But with mm-hmm. Wayne Wright, you do feel like that that's, it will be a regular occurring you know, for him to be around. Yeah. Yeah. I think they said that this was the first time Molina's been back to the stadium since. That, and that, and that does not surprise me at all. No, not at all. I mean, he'll be around here and there. I mean, he'll be there. I'm 
a little bit surprised he went there for opening day. He'll be there at some point for opening day because he'll have those red jackets, but, um, but yeah. And Albert's going to be, Albert's definitely embracing his post baseball life. He's, you know, doing MLB network, doing stuff with the commissioner. He'll be around and he's been around. I mean, we've seen him occasionally. Yeah. Um, He was at, I think he was at the Cardinals Dodgers game out in LA too. um, At some point down this year, but um, he'll be around some, but yeah, Wainwright would be a, a little bit of a different presence, most likely. Um, but you know, it's, it is different, right? I mean, we've, you remember when Ozzy left, right? Oh yeah. Um, and there was that little bit of a transition off of legend. Now, you know, we've had three of them leave in the last two years. This is, this team next year is going to be it's going to be weird, right? I mean, that's just, I mean, there's just not that person. I mean, what did I, what did I see? Miles Michaelis is the longest tenured, definitely the longest tenured pitcher. I don't know if he's the longest tenured player left. I mean, that's, there's just not that connection to, and to this team that there used to be. Yeah. You know what? I was thinking about that a lot during the, uh, the ceremony on, on Sunday of the, uh, just the makeup of the ball club next year and mm-hmm. how odd it will look without any of the of the massive names. Because as much as they are superstars, are we have Arnado and uh Goldschmidt kind of embraced the culture like and that's that, that sounds negative because it acts like they right. haven't but or have they been embraced in the culture in the way that the others have? You know, I don't know and I don't think so. But I don't know if it's their their fault either, and I don't know if it's the fault of having the big shadow over them with the big three being there um, last year and with Wainwright leaving this year. So I'm I'm curious to see what the roster looks like next year and what the feel of the roster will be like next year. Yeah, I think that you know, and I think maybe we discuss this at some point that I think that it's a little it's so different for Goldschmidt and Arenado because they they made their career somewhere else. Yeah. Yes, and then they sure. come to St. Louis and they've been great and they've been embraced. And, you know, if Paul goes, but you know, if Paul Goldschmidt goes into the hall of fame, it's kind of a toss up of how he goes in. Right. I mean, he had, he, he very well may go in as a diamondback just because that's where he had, I mean, he had MVP year here and it wouldn't be surprising if he went in as a Cardinal, but there's an argument that he could go in as a diamondback. Yeah. Nolan, I think that most likely, assuming that Nolan plays out his whole entire career here, the rest of his career here and plays at the level we expect to, that he'll probably be in the hall of fame as a Cardinal. Um, much like Scott Rowland went into the hall. You know, Scott Rowland was not, you know, he kind of had a, an options as well, but then that, that also becomes though a different story, right? Because Scott Rowland started out in Philadelphia and yet he kind of clicked here. And maybe that's because, he played on the really good teams, the 04, the 05, 06 teams. And, you know, maybe if Nolan and Goldie get a World Series ring here, that changes the dynamic a little bit. Yeah, that's that's true. I mean, that, yeah, winning cures all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true, very true. Yeah. I, I Obviously, nobody's going to be here 18, 19, 20 years like those other guys were. I mean, and Albert obviously missed out, but Albert's um, – just Albert. I mean, that's, you know, I mean, he was so great um, that that's, that's not surprising, but um, 
I, I don't know. I don't, I think, you know, Goldschmidt's got one year on his contract. We kind of expect an extension. So he's going to spend, you know, in theory, what, seven, eight years in St. Louis, probably. Um, you know, that's a long period of time, but it's not, you know, there's, it's, it's, it's different. I, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. it. I feel like it's a player by player thing. I mean, you look at how Miguel Carrera, I mean, he was embraced in, te- in Detroit and he was a Detroit guy, but you know, obviously he started out in, in Florida, so it, yeah. it's it's different for different players in different spots. I, it, there's a, it's an intangible thing that I just don't know that you can explain. Um, it just, I mean, obviously it helps if you come up, if you come up as a Cardinal and become like one of the best of all time, I think that's great. <laughs> Other than that, then it becomes a little bit harder to define. Sure. Sure. You know, that's the one shoe in. Yeah. So, so yeah, no, I completely agree. And it's, uh, yeah, I mean, just going to be interesting to watch. I mean, this is, this could be a, what happens after the world series until, uh, they break camp. It could be some things that, that, it could be more exciting than the season was. Yeah. Yeah. I hope so. I hope yeah. so. Anyway, well, like I said, Alan and I still want to go over the 40 man roster, kind of just talk about the players, talk about whether they're coming back or not. Just, just in general, but we've already hit our hour point. So maybe next week we'll get started on that. Um, there'll probably be a lot less news given the, what the, how October is, how quiet October is likely to be. Um, when's the last day of the world series this year? Do you know, is it, does it end in October? Is it run into the first part? Of uh, but you know what? I had the, uh, I'm not really sure. And that's, let me see real quick. I have it. I have it up. Uh, let's see how quick I can get to it. This thing's moving extremely slow. Yeah. Let me see if I can scroll down. Uh, it looks like it goes to November 4th. If it goes. 7th. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, November 1st. It starts on the 27th of October. Um, so if it's a sweep, it ends on Halloween. Um, other than that, it goes into November. So, yeah, we've still got about a month before anything really starts shaking loose, uh, besides a few, you know, obvious DFAs maybe. Um, yeah. So, so we'll we'll go through our 40-man. We'll talk about that. And if you get anything, any thoughts, any questions, any topics we want us to hit on, uh, just let us know on the Twitters or uh, drop us an email. Uh, but until next time, for Alan, I'm Daniel. Good night. Good night. St. Louis fans are one of a kind. And you'll always be in this heart.